Welcome back to the On Life podcast. Um, today, I'm very excited about this topic. Um, it's something that I think gets confused um, in a lot of conversation. So we're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines and not spiritual gifts um, necessarily. I'm sure that will come up. We'll do a little bit of, you know, back and forth on the yeah, differences. But know what the difference is. Yeah. So yeah. spiritual disciplines, very excited. Uh, Marissa, who is with us today? All right, today we are going to have Dr. Troy Temple. He is the Dean of our School of Divinity here at Liberty University, and he is also father of two, Maddie and Kate, right? Shout out. Absolutely, yeah. Beautiful. Shout out to them. He made a lovely little introduction before we started recording, so we wanted to They made it on the podcast. There you go. Love it. Podcast. All right, so yeah, very excited to start to hear you talk about this topic. You teach on it a lot. We're very thrilled to have your insight on it. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I think we should maybe just start by answering that first question. Like, what's the difference between a spiritual discipline and a spiritual gift? That's a really good question. I know, I know a lot of times people hear the term spiritual disciplines, and because it's always, it's not usually a, uh, a the fabric of our lives in the way that spiritual gifting is. Everybody wants to know what my gift is. Uh, and we even counsel people and discipleship people in that direction uh, and trying to answer that question of finding your spiritual gift. Well, the purpose for finding your spiritual gift uh, is to be a, a vital part of the body of Christ serving for the mission of the church that we're, that we're called to. Uh, we see spiritual gifts listed in really four key passages in the New Testament, um, and, they're, and they're really easy to remember in my my estimation because two of the chapters are twelves and two of the chapters are fours. So you have Romans twelve, you have First Corinthians twelve that have, and First Corinthians twelve probably has the more complete list of what we call spiritual gifts. But I would also lean into Ephesians chapter four. Uh, that talks about some gifting and in the latter part of Ephesians 4. And then also 1 Peter 4 uh, really speaks very dialed into that, that everybody will have and has been given a spiritual gift. And I think that gives us the distinctive of the nature between spiritual gifts and spiritual disciplines. Spiritual gifts, as Ephesians 3 and and 4 tells us, are, are given to us by God through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the Holy Spirit comes with the full complement of all the spiritual gifts, which we could do this on another podcast. It's an interesting question. You know, we all talk about the spiritual gift that we have, but if the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us, in some ways, don't we have every spiritual gift just kind of mm-hmm. sitting there? Uh, now, there's a great answer to that that we, like I said, we could handle that on another podcast. But today, we, we, we want to talk about spiritual disciplines. So gifts are given to us, uh, and they're given to us to use as is described I think in in the best way in 1 Corinthians 12, as part of an overall body. And every part of the body is essential. But when we think about spiritual disciplines, then we step into this conversation about how are we being intentional to engage in something that strengthens us as part of that body. And so it's a choice that we can make. It's a, it's a priority that we, we employ. And so this is not something that is necessarily given to us. It's what we recognize as uh, as things that we do to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit's freedom in our life in greater ways, mm-hmm. and there are, there are many spiritual disciplines uh, that have been you know outlined and written about throughout the the ages, uh, literally throughout the ages. Do you think there's any connection between the two and how they interact, like within our rhythms of life, or are they pretty much separate ideas? Well, I, I think what to answer that question, Patty, I would say. 
let's go to First Timothy chapter four, an- another four chapter, right? <laughs> and that's where we really find, I think, the found biblical foundational understanding and truth about spiritual disciplines. And Paul wrote to young Timothy there in that first epistle that he sent to him, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. One translation actually says, don't, I, 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 I'm getting ready to butcher it here, <laughs> but I, it stuck out because I, I was, it was unique in uh, the way it was worded uh, in another translation that it said, uh, basically don't, don't have anything to do with the lies or the stories or silly stories because mm-hmm. those are just for old women. And I'm not sure why the translators put it that way. It sounds Shade. It's, it sounds a little scandalous to me. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the, the most accurate translation, even as I look at the original Greek text. Um, but I love the way the ESV puts it, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. But the contrast there is to train yourself for godliness. Now, I know in our culture, there's plenty of things that I think would fall under irreverent silly myths. That people probably you know live out as if they're not, but he he tells Timothy to train yourself for godliness, um, and I think the connection there between that and spiritual gifts is understanding that for our spiritual gift to be manifested in a way or lived out in a way that's faithful to how God intended, we have to have been training ourselves for godliness. Mm-hmm. So when we put these two truths and these teachings together, to have a spiritual gift but yet not be holy, separated, sanctified, dedicated to the service of, of, of God himself and for his glory, what good are those spiritual gifts? Mm-hmm. And would they really accomplish the end goal of the mission of the church and, and what we were given the gifts for? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the connection. Cool. That's pretty cool. So like, are there some examples you could give us of some different spiritual disciplines, and are there ones that are maybe more um, important or maybe more at the forefront of – being a Christian and walking that walk? Yeah, that's that's really good. That's a good question. Uh, I would say there's uh, – I, I would put them in three categories. There's outward, inward, and corporate. And mm-hmm. so when we when we think about those three categories, uh, the corporate ones are ones that, that we, we probably engage in all the time anyway. Uh, we come together for corporate worship. Uh, we gather together for corporate discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so that word corporate means we're coming together as a group. And so those are spiritual disciplines. Uh, and there are people with spiritual gifts that are helping us, you know, lean into that spiritual discipline of Bible study, of, of prayer, of uh, worship. Uh, and so the, the corporate ones are the ones, I think, that are, are much more attain, accessible to us. Outward and inward, uh, as, you can, as you can imagine, outward are things that we do uh, to change our environment. So we, we practice the spiritual discipline of solitude. And that's an outward uh, expression of a spiritual discipline. Uh, we've we've managed our environment to make sure that we can uh, focus our attention fully on God. Um, inward is is also involving you know personal prayer, uh, personal worship, uh, but also personal uh, fasting and uh, and focusing our attention on on God. So uh, I would put them in those categories uh, and and. I think you can employ spiritual disciplines, in my experience, uh, throughout your lifetime and different seasons of life in different ways to, mm-hmm. to help direct your mind and, and do what First Timothy chapter 4 said, to train yourself for holiness and righteousness, as he, as he told Timothy. Uh, just like we – I know when we think about that verse in First Timothy 4, it, there's an easy metaphor back to, you know, La Haye, right, right across from where we are now. And there's tons of students there and faculty and staff that, you know, use that facility all hours of the day. 
and uh, most people have their preferred exercise, right? It's the one you think you can manage the best, the one you've figured out in your mental game how you can how you can survive thirty to thirty five minutes the best. <laughs> Walking is <his> mine. <laughs> Walking, yeah, that's, and you could do that over there. That's actually one of our card questions this season: is what's your preferred exercise method? So. Oh. Okay. We'll get there with somebody yeah. eventually. Somebody, get that. somebody yeah. ought to put standing in line because uh, so, <laughs> there's plenty of opportunity to do that around here. So, But I think the same way with spiritual disciplines, at dif- depending on what you're trying to train, there's different disciplines that help cultivate the strength there and, uh, and, and help us. At the end of the day, spiritual disciplines are, like I said before, it's an opportunity for us to be uh, disciplined so that we do things that then allow God to do things that we couldn't. So we do the things we can to allow him to do the things we can't. Do you have Dr. Temple or Brian or Marissa, um, any like personal examples of interacting with a spiritual discipline that maybe was more or less comfortable? Like when you said solitude, I thought um, about, I took a class actually on spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. in seminary and each week of the class we would deep dive into a different one. And the week on solitude, we got in our class and we sat down and our professor said, okay, everyone, you are allowed to take one single piece of paper and a pencil. And I want you to come back in two hours, find somewhere alone on campus and just go be. And it was the weirdest thing. Cause like I wake up and immediately turn on music or I'm like always talking to people. Mm-hmm. Or, so sitting with my own company for two hours and a piece of paper was very strange. So I'm just curious if you guys have kind of a more personal example like that. Yeah. It's actually one of my favorites. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it ties into what I do. So in counseling, one of our techniques is the use of silence and you mm-hmm. don't break the silence. The, the client will break the client silence mm-hmm. no matter how long that takes. And at one point I was taught like, have you been quiet with the Lord? Cause, and I think I talked about this in season one, how frequently we pray and we're like, dear Lord, what do I do? Dear Lord, help me with this. Dear Lord, please help me get through this. Dear Lord, I'm so confused. Amen. Yeah. Toodaloo. And I'm like, did you even listen for an answer? And yeah. these, this past two years, I've just like realized I'll, I'll ask God in my time of prayer all these questions and how much more do I learn when I sit quietly and let him talk back to me mm-hmm. or when I am in the midst of prayer and I don't have the words to say and I just sit and let his spirit talk to me mm-hmm. or his spirit like come over me and those feelings that come with it. And so solitude is one that it's probably not my primary Worship is very dear to me. And like you said, music is typically always on and it helps me through some of the harder times. But solitude and silence and being like, I'm going to sit on the floor in my room and just be quiet. And those have been moments where I have had the most insight that I didn't know I had. And it's not of my own doing. It's of the Holy Spirit's doing. Mm -hmm. So solitude is like one that's really dear to me. But I didn't realize it was until Mm -hmm. 21, 22. Yeah. Well, don't feel bad because I'm 34 and I'm just now figuring that out. Yeah. You know, um, I, I used to do the same thing. I used to kind of pray and then like, okay, I had my part of the conversation. Monologue rather than conversation. I, yeah, exactly. I did my monologue. Now I'm going to go. Yeah. And I think um, as I've continued, you know, like I mentioned in season one, I'm um, doing like some worship leader stuff at my church and I'm starting to get to that point now where I'm you know, getting there earlier 
and I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, expecting God to speak. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just sitting in the front row of chairs and just being quiet. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I did that, I I heard I heard something back from God, and I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> So, you know, just that continually growing in that is yeah. is something that I've been doing. And then even um, just the spiritual discipline of, you know, studying the Word of God as well. Mm-hmm. That's something that um, I actually thank my wife for that. She got a job here at Liberty and has to be here like an hour earlier than I do. And mm-hmm. we have one car. So we commute into work. I drop her off at her work and then I have an hour to sit and do nothing. So... Uh, at first I was like watching TV or just, you know, scrolling around on Facebook. And then I was like, well, what if I, instead of just rushing in the morning to get through my devotional, what if I took that hour time Mm. and actually made that a devotional time? Mm. And the things that God has been teaching me this year has been incredible. And so I think, um, that probably another one for me. Yeah. I think, sorry, I'm going to go again. The talking about that. This is going to sound weird because I'm definitely, I think, the youngest in the room where I'm like, <laughs> it took me so long to figure this out. And you're like, calm down, pal. <laughs> but like, I I switched churches within the last year and the church I used to go to helped me a lot in the emotional side of things. But I realized as I had connected with that emotional relationship with the Lord, that does exist and it's like we're created in his image, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, the righteous emotions of the Lord Mm -hmm. and the full spectrum that he had of weeping, anger, but all of it was righteous and how to feel that whole connection. And that church helped me a lot with that. But in the season of life, I had like changed into realizing how valuable the word of the Lord is and how deeply he calls us to like diving into his word, learning his word, letting it, like, it's his spoken breath on a page and, like, letting that impact who we are. I didn't realize that either until the past year when I was trying to switch churches and I was like, okay, what am I looking for in a church? And I was like, I need a church that is word-based diving into the word. And it's not the easiest to listen to all the time because you can have, like, super emotion-filled churches, which, like, you get really invested in. But having, like, a solid mentor, a solid spiritual gifted Mm -hmm. leader who is like, this is the word of the Lord and this is how it applies to you. I think that's become, like, really apparent to me in the past. I I actually know you go to church and your pastor is very much a teacher of the word. Yeah, Like, he dives deep in there yeah and uh you know it, i think if that's what you're looking for i i, I think yeah. you found it mm-hmm. for sure that's good yeah. that's yeah. good you know there's uh um uh, i think uh, over the years i've uh, i've gleaned from really three authors um in different ways so mm-hmm. i'm not 100 percent recommending each of these authors because i probably have some opinions about a couple uh, holistically but there's a few little you know pieces in there uh I'll start from the one used least for me is Richard Foster and then Dallas Willard and uh, uh, Don Whitney, um, and who is a friend of mine. And I, I just am so grateful for the investment that he's made in this area. Uh, what people don't realize about Don Whitney is that his focus is evangelism mm. uh, when it comes to practicing the spiritual disciplines, which is where it should be. But as we think about those those spiritual disciplines, I, I think the metaphors that we can pull from from Foster's writings is, is so powerful. He gives the metaphor of the field and the path, uh, where he says a farmer is helpless to grow grain. All he can do is provide the right conditions for the mm-hmm. growing of the grain. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what spiritual disciplines help do for us. Mm-hmm. They, they provide the right conditions for our hearts to be in tune and to listen, not just for information, but ultimately for transformation. Because mm-hmm. God's intention is not just to inform us, it's to transform us. Uh, you know, we quote Romans eight twenty eight all the time about going through the struggle. Mm. We're having a struggle. Well, Romans eight twenty eight, but it's not Romans eight twenty eight without Romans eight twenty nine, mm. which is the purpose of of the struggle. It's also the definition of the word good in verse twenty eight. He also Foster uses the the metaphor of the path, and I, I love the way he puts this. We must always remember that the path does not produce change. Mm. It only places us where the change can occur. And sometimes we we get to a place where we worship worship. Yeah, uh, we worship our Bible study yeah. instead of instead of letting it transform us and be a part of what God is trying to do in in, in that. And so, um, it's very important for us to remember. I know for me personally, um, throughout the years, I have uh, those spiritual disciplines that I have seen the most fruit from um, is fasting, mm-hmm. uh, is solitude. And then the number one and two for me is Bible intake. Uh, that's a term used by Don Whitney is Bible intake and prayer. I think those are the two focused uh, ones. And even the disciples or the apostles in Acts 6-4, that's what they said. We, we, we need leaders so we can devote ourselves to, the, to prayer and the teaching of the Word. So mm-hmm. it becomes a very a high priority on those two. But those aren't the only two. And uh, the, the, you know, the, the overall purpose for what we do with, with those things is placing ourselves before God so He can transform us. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I remember in 1997, uh, God had uh, called me uh, to a fast. And the fasting, uh, before I got there, I did some research and started doing some study um, and uh, to, to really understand why do we even fast. I know what Jesus commands us to do. It's a spiritual discipline of fasting. Um, but fasting focuses our attention on God. When you look throughout all of Scripture, every type of fast, uh, it, it's probably easy for us to remember the story of Esther uh, and she called the nation to fast. Mm. And her, her call was, I'm putting my life on the line for something that is grander than me, and I'm probably going to die, but I need mm. the people to fast. Mm. Was it just doing without food and the spiritual discipline? No, that's called a diet. <laughs> you know, so intermittent fasting is not a spiritual discipline. So if anybody thinks they can, they're sitting in a you know a community group on the campus somewhere saying, "Well, I I practice intermittent fasting as my spiritual discipline." I skipped breakfast this that's morning. That's right. So that's that is not it. That is not it because fasting is intended for us to focus yeah. our attention on God. So we remove things that are a distraction from that. Yeah. And ultimately, like I said, that God's goal is not just to inform us about. Uh, or even reform us mm. uh, is to transform us, and that's the 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 Romans twelve moment there mm-hmm. to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that that inward discipline that helps to you know admonish us towards our proximity to Him and listening and doing. Mm-hmm. The online community is growing more and more by the day, and we want you to be a part of it in collaboration with the Alumni Relations Office. Online Life has developed an online community that allows you to connect with other online students. To join, sign up for the alumni community and connect with the online students group. This community offers mentorship, academic advice from other students, online events, and prayer. Make your account today and connect with students and alumni for encouragement throughout the duration of your program. Join us today, free of charge, at www.liberty.edu forward slash communities.
Welcome back to the On Life Podcast. We are here with Dr. Temple discussing uh, spiritual disciplines. And coming off the commercial break, I would love to know, um, can disciplines look different from person to person or should they look different from person to person? Is that like an appropriate Yeah, I think thing? that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think I would go back to, you know, the illustration of being in the gym. Uh, you know, the exercises we do looks different from person to person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know anybody that loves an elliptical. But they're nope. they're they're disturbed people. I, I <laughs> Marissa's face, you guys. So they are. Uh, I think that that machine was invented for just uh, inflicting pain on people. Amen. Uh, to make you feel less about yourself, and uh, and so I. I but e- I would email us if you're an elliptical if person. An elliptical we need person, to know. I, I, this is not a personal assault on we'll you. We'll connect you to services. So, <laughs> but we do have counseling services available if that if that's what you need. Um, but I, 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 spiritual disciplines are different than spiritual gifts, as we mentioned at the beginning uh, of the mm-hmm. podcast, in that spiritual gifts are what God gives us through his Holy Spirit. And First and Peter says, mm-hmm. every person has been given a spiritual gift. And that which you've been given, you're responsible to use for the purpose mm-hmm. of the body of Christ being faithful to the mission of the church. Okay, that's Ephesians 4.11. Uh, spiritual disciplines are things that we gravitate towards or we try to connect with in a way that helps us focus on God, open ourselves up for God to work in us more than just through us, but Mm -hmm. in us first to do what we could never do. Uh, Once again, the metaphor that Foster uses with the the farmer in the field to have the right conditions or the pathway that doesn't change us, but it's, 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 it's the mission of what God's doing in us. So I think Spiritual disciplines can be unique to individuals because, you know, w- when I lean towards something and I see fruit from that, I'm, I'm, I'm more uh, inclined to engage in that spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. I think there are some spiritual disciplines that people engage in that are probably more accessible uh, because mm-hmm. of the culture of the church in general. Uh, and I mean the, the big C. Uh, it, there has always been a focus on God's Word. Now, there's mm-hmm. been restrictions with certain, you know, seasons of church history because of government and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for the Reformation um, <laughs> that, that made it available to all of us to have access. Uh, prayer has always been an emphasis, but there's things that, you know, different cultures, different church cultures and, and environments probably encourage us towards uh, more than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we always find that one that, that just resonates with our soul mm-hmm. in a way and how we're designed. And, um, and we probably engage in that more. So, mm-hmm. you know, to go back to the physical, which is what Paul uses, he says, you know, physical discipline, you know, it, it provides a little bit of benefit. Mm-hmm. I love Paul because I don't like exercising. So <laughs> when he says it provides just a little bit of benefit, that's great. But my go-to is, is, a, is a rower. And so mm-hmm. I love being on the rower. You can be on the rower for a small amount of time and get maximum benefit, you know, working out 85% of your, your body doing that. Uh, with spiritual disciplines, I know for me personally, it has always been uh, prayer and fasting mm. uh, have been the go-to. Right next to it has been solitude. Mm. And that si- – well, solitude, silence, and solitude. I mm-hmm. think both of them go together. Yeah. It's kind of hard to have solitude with when there's a lot of – you're sitting in a Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Uh, it's different. Do you think it's – like I'm just thinking about solitude here just in today's age – like I almost feel like it's harder 
now yeah. to really practice that discipline. Like, do you, do you see that across all the disciplines where just with people being so busy and yeah. things happening in, in the world today that it's just harder for people or it takes more effort? Well, we definitely have uh, a lot of things vying for our attention because it's not just about our location. It's about what we, the device we have in front of us, right? So the solitude isn't just about being in a place where there's few people. It's rare that we're in a place where people don't have access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even while we're talking here, uh, on my screen has popped up all kinds of conversations mm. uh, that I have ignored and I won't share uh, <laughs> because they're not important and cogent to this, this conversation. Um, but I think every single one of us has a home mm-hmm. uh, that, that would be listening to this. And I would share this. Uh, I got here to Liberty University in 1987, and I had the benefit of this, okay? So it's a benefit that we no longer have because we have more students probably on campus most of the time than we have beds uh, on campus. Mm-hmm. And so we have, for those listening that aren't here at Liberty, we have quite a few students that live off campus. Um, I think a greater percentage that live off than mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But back in 1987, every dorm had a prayer room. That's cool. Wow. So every every dorm hall had one room that no one lived in. Hmm. Now, that was a different day for us. I didn't know that. That's so that cool. That was a different yeah, day that's for really us. Cool. And so I often found myself alone in that room. Mm. And that's where I really began to cultivate mm. that spiritual discipline that helped me understand the necessity of disciplining my mind and my right. heart and my soul and my spirit. And, uh, and it was such a gift. Uh, I've got so many notes from my uh, New King James Open Bible, which is what I was using back then, uh, during those those times. Uh, and I wasn't doing Bible study. It was time listening to God. Uh, that carried over to uh, – I remember that I remember one, one scene very specifically. It was after we were married, um, and we lived just south of, of uh, the airport here in Lynchburg. And uh, we had a, we were in a mobile home. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know what a mobile mm-hmm. home is. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but mobile homes don't move, so <laughs> they have wheels, but they don't. You don't carry them anywhere. Uh, they go up on blocks, uh, and so it's very stable in a storm, I guess. But <laughs> not really. But I remember uh, I was preparing to go somewhere, and I was speaking for a, 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 I think it was a, a, a youth retreat weekend, and I went home, and uh, I had put on some music. And the CD had stopped, and I was, I had laid out on the floor, and I was thinking about the messages and the text and and what God had put on my heart to share at this at this retreat, and then I just started listening, and you know, Brian, you mentioned before how God has spoken to you in those yeah. mornings, mm-hmm. and my question was really like audibly, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I'm not going to refute it if it's not, but. But the reality is, is that most of us, when we say God is speaking to us, it's something that's internal mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. know with clarity, Yeah, he's telling us, he's, he's identifying something in our lives. And it was in that moment uh, that God drove me. Uh, it was in the fall of 96 or summer of 96. And I had gone home. The sun was beaming through the living room window. I say living room. It was a 12 by 70 trailer. So <laughs> everything was a living room. Um, and, it, and, and it just was so... Uh, it was so tangible uh, that I knew that God was saying, you have taken time to be in my presence. Mm. And and that takes a spiritual discipline. So when it comes to the, the cluttered world that we live in, when it comes to time and relationships, I think the quality of those moments is more important than the quantity. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we've got to be able to find those. You found it. 
mm-hmm. in the morning after you drop your wife off. Uh, for those who have roommates in every dorm room, uh, you know, uh, if you live outside the commons, I know it's a little more difficult because you have more roommates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there are times when your schedules don't necessarily have you there in the room at the same time. Mm-hmm. Find 20 minutes. Yeah. It's amazing what 20 minutes will do when you're able to focus your attention on God mm-hmm. through the discipline of just silence sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Like you said, you, you are, we automatically turn on radios and and podcasts and we look at emails, but just pause mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say nothing. My mom used to like in the car, she would drive with no radio on. Mm. Like that was her quiet time. And I remember growing that. up, I love solitude now, but like I remember growing up, it was like, how do you not have a CD playing? How do you not have yeah. And she was like, this is my time in my car to like be quiet. That's and hard when you're driving around Lynchburg. Uh, yeah. Oh my word. Yep. I think you're driving around America. <laughs> well, <Yeah. even. laughs> the, um, a question that I think I personally feel the most frequently when it comes to spiritual disciplines is I have so much going on in life. I work two jobs. I'm in my master's, have the relationships I'm having to like maintain and keep belt built. And at the end of the day, you get home, you're exhausted. And I do my quiet time typically in the evening, Hmm. but I get home from two shifts that lasted from 8.30 to 11.30 PM sometimes. And I'm like, I just need to go to bed. Right. And it's like the the time, even if I, I get in that battle mentally where it's like, even if I did spend this time with the Lord, it would be out of a task-based obligation. Right. It would not be valuable time because I would be rushing through it and being like, I just need to get to bed. I just need to go to bed. How do you look at the person who feels like time is slipping through their fingers right. and remind them that it's not a task? He's with you throughout the day. But how do you practice those disciplines when you don't necessarily have an hour yeah. to sit down and pray with the Lord the way you want to? Because right. that can like, I know for me, fosters a lot of guilt or shame. Yeah. And that's not what we're called to. So how do you um, recommend to those people? Like, what does it look like to have like that daily living being your discipline yeah. instead of being like, okay, I had an hour because not everybody has that time. Yeah, it's like, where do you start? Where do you start? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, well, I think we, we, we put a high expectation on ourselves sometimes and set ourselves up for that shame. Mm, yeah. And so back in that day in 1987, I remembered often walking around campus feeling that shame when I had missed that time. Yeah. And I almost felt like I had to do something to get back to a place where I could be welcomed back into that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, that's a lie of the devil. Mm-hmm. That's, he, he wants to divide. And yeah. so he, the division he wants to bring in our hearts and our souls in that moment is that he reminds us that we fail and we're really mm-hmm. not good enough to spend time with the almighty God, our creator who died for us. He died for you and you couldn't even spend, you know, 15 minutes mm-hmm. after a double shift of listening and dealing with people's issues and struggles and mm-hmm. all the emotional turmoil that they're yeah. going through. How could that really, are you kidding me? That's like the most draining thing you can do <laughs> and uh yeah. and, it, and it wears you out yeah. um i think two things one um paul says this about one of the spiritual disciplines that we've mentioned and that is prayer um he says pray without ceasing yeah mm-hmm. and i know we 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 you know those who have maybe have never read or studied that passage think well, we've got to do other things, right? <laughs> no, it's about never stopping a spirit of praying. Mm. Um, have you ever been in a store or been around somebody and they're talking to themselves? 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, um, that's me. Before, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Before AirPods and and earbuds. Uh, that, so before that, uh, because we see plenty of people looking like they're talking to themselves now. Um, but what if in those moments when you're by yourself walking through Target, mm. you know, you you know, you're you are driving with some solitude instead of talking to yourself like going through your schedule. I can't believe I missed this. I need to talk mm-hmm. to that person. I, just stop and talk to God. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, uh, uh, it, uh, an exponential benefit to what we invest in small amounts mm-hmm. in intentional ways. Uh, the second is don't let that ever replace having to prioritize your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are busy, but we choose busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... We choose what is truly important to us. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, sometimes you say, but I need relationships. I haven't hung around with people. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You first and foremost need your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. There, There is no other priority on that list. My wife isn't a priority on that list. My children aren't priorities on that list over him. My job is not a priority mm-hmm. on that list. Um, he is the priority. Yeah. And for us to even be leaders and, and lead with others and tell people that God is a priority, but yet we don't, we don't carve out that time mm-hmm. uh, and eliminate some things and say, no, rookies is going to have to hold off. <laughs> it's actually going to give me an opportunity to be here by yeah. myself, and I'm going to take this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the time element can, can be overwhelming. Dawson Trotman, yeah. when he would get up at, I think, 3.30 or 4 and pray for three hours every morning. Um, and we think, well, if we've got to be deeply spiritual, we've got to emulate that. Yeah. Our founder, Dr. Falwell Sr., would get up and, and spend two hours praying and reading through Scripture every morning. And we think if we've got to you know, be who we're supposed to be, we're supposed to emulate that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, emulate, set that goal. But I love, I, I, I love what the book, uh, The Hour That Changed the World, does for us. It's about prayer. And it takes this wheel, and you pray through Scripture specifically 12 different areas. Mm-hmm. And when you first start to practice that, you know, you're 15 seconds here, 15 seconds there, but it's called the hour that changes the world because eventually you find yourself praying for five minutes on each passage mm-hmm. and maybe even longer, and you're not even intending to. You're having a conversation mm-hmm. and you're listening to God. Yeah. And so I think those small things should not just be a supplement for the substantial amount of time. It should be a building block for helping us mm-hmm. carve out more time. Yeah. I uh, had a pastor one time the sermon that he was preaching was about tithing, but he talked about, you know, people say like, oh, 10% a lot. I can't, I can't give 10%. So they give 0%. And he said, but like 1% is better than zero. Hmm. And then 2% is better than 1%. And then 3% is better than 2%. And right. so you can like build on that. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know, similarly, like, don't let, I don't have 30 minutes to spend in the word mean that you spend zero minutes of the right. word. Give yeah. it five minutes, three right. minutes, just start somewhere. Yeah. And then you will find that like, Oh, well, I gave myself three minutes, but now it's been 10. Yeah. I can do 10. This is good. I can do it. And then it, you know, yeah. like builds, builds yeah, from there. Yeah, and I, I like, mm-hmm. Marissa, what you were saying, you you know, if you go and read the word after those double shifts, you feel mm-hmm. like you're rushing and just checking off a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where I press into something I shared at Campus Community earlier this semester at the beginning of our series on James, that I encouraged everyone to slow read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Don't read for speed. Don't read to get quickly through a reading plan. Slow read the mm-hmm. Bible. Read something and then stop, think, and then maybe read it again. Yeah. What is that really saying? And mm-hmm. ask these two questions. These are the two questions when you read God's word. God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Two simple questions. 
as you're reading God's Word. What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? And, and the knowledge part, sometimes you add commentaries and other resources or you've heard someone preach. But at the end of the day, the Word is enough. Mm-hmm. And when you open up God's Word, He speaks. That spiritual discipline of Bible intake should not be just about a knowledge on an academic pursuit. Yeah, It has to press back into what I said earlier, not for information uh, or, to, or reformation, but transformation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as we uh, kind of wrap up, uh, the episode today. Um, do you have any maybe words of encouragement for our um, online student population as they kind of, um, you know, dive into this? Maybe some people who are kind of new to the faith and looking to kind of get started with spiritual disciplines. Um, maybe just some encouragement for those who are kind of going through life as a student and as parents and as, you know, all the obligations they have. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would. Um, it's much like m- many new initiatives or new uh, endeavors. Start with something manageable that you understand. Mm. And so, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, there's a list of there, there's so many that are out there. I mean, I would add slow reading of scripture to to to, to that. Uh, but I would say meditation, prayer, fasting, Bible study are 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 the four of the ones that are the most accessible to anyone. But I would say take five today. And wherever that is, and and in, in employ one of those spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation is just the art of thinking steadily uh, and methodically about spiritual things, letting those things ruminate and reflect. Uh, prayer, as obviously talking with God, uh, we know what fasting is, and of course we've come up in our culture with fasting from different things. Yeah. We've done them here at the university, where we've given people the opportunity to fast from social media mm-hmm. or fast for different things. I think those things are beneficial. I think without prayer, as always being a part of fasting, we've missed what Jesus said and yeah. what he, he demonstrated, that the, the, the transformation that needs to happen doesn't come about without prayer and fasting, and then study. Um, and I would say the study can be overwhelming, because often we read scriptural passages and we're like, what, what does that word mean? Um, mm-hmm. That's where you, you take bite size. And I think we go back even to what Patty was saying is that we do, we, we start with something small and let that build. We underestimate the cumulative value of life, mm-hmm. uh, both positive and negative. Um, but there's this, this principle that has just been a postulate for me for forever. Small things done well over an extended period of time yield enduring fruit. Mm-hmm. And so I say God is... God, God cares about the small things. And uh, the, the fractures in our lives spiritually start with literally a chip, and uh, it's something small. So why don't we start building starting small? Great. Well, uh, before we go, with all of our speakers, we, we have a little deck of cards here with just some fun questions, <laughs> just kind of... Is this voodoo? What's going <laughs> on? Well, we actually I do heard the, deck of cards. Are we playing Rook? What's, no, no, no. What are we doing? We actually do the icebreaker at the very end of the episode after okay. we've already talked well, we'll to you. We'll do the icebreaker. I'm going to pick... Uh, I'm not going anywhere deep. I'm picking right off the top. <laughs> do I read it? Yep. Yes, yes sir. sir. If you were to start your own business... What kind of company would you create? That is so easy. Oh, good. Oh. It's so easy. If I was going to start my own business, uh, it would be called Yard by Yard, and I would do a landscape company. My husband would love to work for you. My spiritual disciplines that I practice often is on my John Deere, which I don't want to paint a big picture of 
this John Deere is 23 years old, and it's a lawnmower, so it's not it's not anything yeah. close to a tractor. Um, but that is where sometimes I put earphones in and nothing is there. It's just noise reduction yeah. and just listen. Sometimes I do use it for other things uh, when it comes to Bible study, and, and then sometimes I listen to Chris Stapleton. So, I mean, it mm. could be a, a bunch <laughs> of different things. Uh, but that's what I would do, and uh, my goal for that would be uh, just developing a team that understands and can display how God has given us creativity and to display that so when, no matter where you drive, you see the beauty of what God yeah. has, has given yeah. us. So That's awesome. Brian, what would your company oh. be? <clears throat> Call um, on you for this one. You know, this is just off, off the top of my head, but I think it would be cool to um, to have like a recording studio mm. for like um, – like, I don't want to say kids because it makes me feel even older than I am. <laughs> but you know, like Children. college age, you know, just like kids who are maybe getting into music, who like want to like learn about that process, and maybe they want to like write songs or whatever. Just like an opportunity for them to come into an environment that's not like your usual. Mu- you know, some of these music studios, mm. you know, are like drugs and drinking and everything. But like a actual Christian studio, we can come in. And even get help with your music and maybe you can get some lessons and yeah. stuff and then be able to like record it and go home and be like, look what I did, you know? Like, that'd I think be that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. A mentoring studio. A mentoring studio. Ooh, I love that. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you again, Dr. Temple, for being here. Great conversation. And, Thanks for the invitation. Um, I'm leaving here encouraged today. So thank you for that. Uh, this has been the On Life Podcast. Living in abundance wherever God puts you. 